Hello, this is Victoria Jane. You might have seen me on TV in famous children's shows, looking a little bit silly. I'm appearing soon as Beauty in Beauty and the Beast, the Crescent Theatre's pantomime this Christmas. I wish all of the little stars of Dogsthorpe Infant School and all of their families a very, very happy Christmas and a safe new year. If you come to see me at the Crescent, please give us all a massive wave. And always remember, be kind, be respectful, and dream, believe, and shine. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Christmas Launchpad. It's lovely to be with you and thank you for joining us. We're going right around the world now for our first guest. Her name is Katrina Udale and she is over in Western Australia. Thanks for inviting me, Captain Dave. It's our pleasure, Katrina. Can you tell us please about Narrator AR? With um, Narrator AR, Narrator AR is made up of two parts. It's an app but it's also some written templates, some printed templates. And the the key goal of Narrator AR is to inspire kids to pick up a pen and learn how to write with pen and paper before they pick up a device. So as I say, you need a printed paper, some pencils, back to the good old pen and pencils. And then also um, there's a free version of the app on the website, which I'll talk about more. So children take the... um, the the basic paper template and they trace letters so basic abcs one two threes and um short words and sometimes their name a number of children have used it to write their name and then what they do once they've written and traced the letters on the template they pick up the app and they hold the app over the page and they either choose a rocket or a unicorn and then what will happen is that the rocket or unicorn launches off the page in augmented reality, which is quite magical for children. It zooms around the room and then it will actually trace that letter, tracing the letters of your name, D-A-V-E for Dave, and children sit there and they watch that. Now, one of the most exciting, a few things are really important to us. One of them is combining fine motor skills and technology because they seem to be in competition and that's a shame. So we're still getting children to actually learn to write and form their letters. But one of the key things is we work on this intrinsic motivation. And what that means is it's it's using children's sort of excitement and their own belief in themselves at this young age that if they write the letter D, if their name was Dave like you, and then they can see it written in augmented reality. Now, I've seen this with children and it is so magic because then they believe and they have, they have written that letter. So if they can write that letter, they can write their next letter. So we have been working with um, a teacher in Scotland and she said that she had in her uh, probably 15, 20 years of teaching has never seen a class of four and five-year-olds more engaged in learning how to form and write the letters, the number six, then, they, then she did the day that the unicorn wrote it for them. 
So all of her teaching had to be up to scratch, but they see it in this magic augmented reality. One of the things we like and we purposely designed into this very simple um, product is that children can then watch it again and again and again. And then they can turn the page and they can write more. So we know how busy families are. The young children often have other young children. And we've all certainly had a crazy time in the last period of time. But this helps children even at a young age to do a level of self-directed learning. It's also very visual. And about 70% of us are visual learners. So it helps us then learn how to form the letters and the numbers. And then um, what it what we've also been told is that's good for children with dyslexia. We also have a lovely tweet from um, that I read this morning, someone tagged us, saying that a young um, early learning class were asking to write more after they'd been using the templates, which is not something teachers often hear. Would you say, uh, uh, is this for schools and parents who are homeschooling? Or is this something for parents who just want to keep their children up to speed with what's going on at school? I would say both. It really is for anyone. It's ideally ages probably three to five or six, depending on the children. Three, they're obviously just picking up a pen and they're starting. If they're inquisitive and it's before school, before they've actually got into school, then it's if you'd like to give them something, this is a great place to start. Um, it's also... it's. We're finding people using it at home and um, there's a number of different templates and little books and things that support that, or in classrooms. How much would it cost a parent or a school to have your app? So what one of the things that's very important to us, and it has been from day one, Dave, is to make it accessible. So to start with, there is a free app that has two characters. If you want the app that has one extra character, which you don't have to have, that is at the currently it's $3, I think, US. So I'm not sure what that is in pounds. Um, there are a number of free templates on the website already. Um, if you go, there'll be, um, there are some Christmas templates live. Some of those are even for younger children and it's all about fine motor skills. So some of the templates are not, it's an advent page. We can colour in and there's an activity every day. Nothing to do with writing, but it's just about the fine motor skills because we believe so strongly in that. Then there is also a set of Christmas templates, free templates for people to download and print, and they can use the free app. So they can get started, and that's writing. There's little Christmas puzzles and writing numbers and letters. It's all about writing numbers and letters. And the key thing is that it's fun, that children want to turn the page and they want to do more. They can start to write one-page stories or draw them if they're not up to, um, if they're not as confident with their writing. And then we've even got some adventures where they start to use different cards. And that's got probably more five, six, seven-year-olds to start to really start to use their writing and their language a bit more. Could you direct people who are interested, teachers and parents, could you direct them to your website and give all the details, please? Absolutely. The um, website address is narratorar.com.au. Now I'll spell that is N-A. Double R A T O R A R dot com dot AU. And if you go to that website, there's an there's a range of um, videos, information for teachers. There's also a list of lesson plans and videos that go along with that. 
There's also free templates with each of the lesson plans to see what each of the modules is about. Um, if you there's an email contact there, which is team at Narrator AR, the same address. If you go to that website, there's also you'll see a link on the homepage for the free AR starter kit. So that's 18 pages of free templates, and it's also got a daily plan for those families that are at home and it's sometimes just hard to get organised. It gives you an idea, half an hour, just a few half an hour chunks through the day that children can sit and follow or you can as a busy family. And it just, it picks up some of the templates and also just some fun other creative things to do with young children. Our next guest is John McCormack. What exactly is Skip to be Fit, John? Um, Skip to Fit is a unique fun programme for the children where we go into schools and motivate children into skipping and we actually do something completely different. We have a counting skipping rope for children to use, which are fully adjustable, and we personalise every rope to every child with a fun two-minute challenge. I'm very passionate, Dave, about motivating children, and I've found that if you really want children to get focused, they need to have a goal. And the fun challenge we put together in schools is a two-minute challenge to see how many skips the children can do you get results. So when the children have done their initial skip, we then ask them, can you beat your score? And which is always a great response from the children. Their eyes light up and uh, yeah. obviously once you give children a goal, it's a game changer. We've got lots of uh, videos on YouTube. If you just type in skip to be fit challenge day, you can see 500 children skipping uh, from 28 schools all linked in the inter challenge day. So you do the intro wow. in the school, link the schools together, and then we can set up virtual challenges. Obviously, in rural areas, it works really, really well. The ropes are great. There's also, we have a fruit sponsorship of blueberries for all the children after they've done their skipping, which is um, a great add-on for the children to learn about healthy eating. We're the only school workshop that delivers both. When we go into a school, we, we motivate the children, we do our workshop, and all the children are inspired, and the teachers, because we, ha we have a teacher challenge with a a teacher cup, oh, which right. uh, goes down. <laughs> That's uh, very competitive for the bragging rights in the staff room, Dave. So, you know, it's not compulsory. There's no pressure. But if the teachers want to have a go at winning the cup, you know, and the children love it, love the fact that they win it for their year group and their class teacher wins it for them, it's it's, it's just a bit of fun, you know. And yeah. um, we then have all the results of the teachers in the top 10, top of the hops. What sort of age group do you work with? Uh, well, the sooner the better. I mean, as soon as they start reception, we start with reception. Even nursery, just starting to learn to throw the rope over the body. The passion is that the children are not trying to beat anybody else. It's about bettering yourself. If a school is interested, ballpark figure, how much would it cost? 380 for the day for the visit, and then the school can then buy the resource bag with a skipping rope. And then many schools see the value of what they're doing um, for whole school improvement. Well, they'll purchase a skip to fit rope for every child so they've got their own responsibility to look after their rope. Then they'll go outside and practice all week. If you beat your score, you're a chicken nugget. If you don't, chicken dipper. The children love that. I'm going to be a chicken nugget. And, it, it, you know, behaviour goes up dramatically in the yeah. playground. And even attendance. Because if they're not in practice in Dave, they'll be a chicken dipper. And at the end of the six weeks, we love putting all the um, data into Excel mm. and the teachers then can do a spreadsheet and they can have a visual line graph. Wow. And we're mentioning back to the parents, I did a search and I thought, surely 
when people get skipping rope, they need motivating. So I looked around, there must be a skipping rope app, but there was not, there was no app in the world for motivating you to skip with someone shouting at you. And there is now, we've created the Skip to Fit two minute challenge app for free for parents. When they get their skipping rope, they can try and beat the teachers. And the beauty of our ropes, Dave, is that adult length to fit the whole family. And we also leave the kit bag with the lesson plans for schools to follow, a six-week healthy eating lesson plan. And then to the, cap the it all off, we leave you an outdoor learning blueberry bush. Yeah. Can you just give us that uh, website address again? S-K-I-P, number two, letter B-F-I-T, skiptobefit.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and our office is 01843 60 30 20. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog. Now, we have got Nicola Worswick. Nicola, it's lovely to have you with us. Could you tell us a little bit about your books? Yeah, um, I first started writing when I was 13 and illustrating them as well when I was 13. I struggled a little bit at school because I had dyslexia, um, but I always loved the creative side of things. The first one I wrote was um, Captain Cuthbert, which is an evil, quite a nasty pirate. He's bossy, he's greedy, not very nice. There's a cat in it. I know it's a bit weird having a cat on a pirate ship, but he was stolen by the nasty pirates. <laughs> the second book I wrote was Captain Cuthbert and the Cobra Gem. The, the Cobra Gem has magical powers. Um, so they went on a voyage to find the Cobra Gem. But the powers are that whoever's holding the gem get a granted three wishes. So because of his greed, it goes wrong. <laughs> it's quite a funny one, that one. A bit of, a, of an adventure story. Um, and then I wrote a Christmas one. Well, it's not like a normal Christmas story <laughs> because he steals the Christmas presents off the children. <laughs> but do they, do they get them back? Scat the cat's in all of them and he's absolutely lovely. I got loads of feedback of children. They all loved scats. So I decided to give him his own story. He, he does escape, but does he get him back? And then another baddie in my next book, another spin-off of scats in that as well as in all of them. And this is about a guy called Lord Uppity. You know, he's, he's, he's a bit of a narcissist. He doesn't care if he hurts people as long as he gets what he wants. And he's very arrogant. So he, he goes to the work the where Scats actually living now and he loves the place because it's a, very nice with the harbour and lovely countryside. So when he and everyone gets on, really nice place to live. But when he arrives, he wants sea town and he does anything to get it. And it's quite that's another one that's fun. It's got a it's got a mad scientist in and a little bit different that story. And what age ranges are your books for, would you say? four to seven but I used to work at a nursery and because I read the, read the books to them they really liked them but I've had people at around eight years old who enjoy reading it to the siblings who are younger as well uh, the books are all on Amazon or if you type in Captain Cuff and Scat the Cat they will they will come up there's ebooks so you can read them straight away that so and then there's also paper books I always do the pictures first and then put the writing to it. So I'll get the story in my head and then sketch some pictures, rough pictures, and then I'll put the writing to it afterwards. It's the, the writing or sometimes I put the commas in the wrong place. Listeners, whether you're parents or whether you're a teacher, have a look at these books because it's certainly got me thinking about them. Nicola, thank you for coming on to Lord's Pad and being with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
Hello, this is Victoria Jane. You might have seen me on TV in famous children's shows. I'm appearing soon as Beauty in Beauty and the Beast, the Crescent Theatre's pantomime this Christmas. I wish all of the little stars of Dogsthorpe Infant School and all of their families a very, very happy Christmas and a safe new year. If you come to see me at the Crescent, please give us all a massive wave. And always remember, be kind, be respectful, and dream, believe and shine. Well, wherever we go, first aid is vital. And that's why we have got on the show next, Jo Giovanni, and she is from Act Fast First Aid. My background is in education, so it kind of really went well that that was the audience that I would work with, because I'm that's what I'm passionate about and I love it. Um, I'm also, I'm also a canoe coach. And I'm also Duke of Edinburgh leader, so I do lots of outdoor first aid uh, as well. And during lockdown, it was very difficult because everything was literally cancelled overnight. So I, I then wrote some books, which has been a great new kind of addition to my business. And it's actually opened up lots of new customers, um, which has been brilliant. Uh, even abroad, I worked with Munich International School in the summer. And that was a result of a book that I never even knew I was going to write until lockdown. So some positive things out of that, you know, that um, difficult time for, for everybody um, but yes so we specialize in just working with schools delivering first aid whether that's your um, your one day emergency first aid at work or through to your three day first aid we also specialize in things like forest schools first aid and um, what I try to do to save costs and make it much easier for schools to release staff is we combine a lot of our courses so, for example, you will you could you could do the, the forest schools first aid course over two days. And as part of that, you'll also get the level three pediatric first aid qualification as well. All the courses that we deliver are qualifications they are externally regulated by the awarding body ITC first. So we've got really robust quality assurance procedures in place. Um, and they are level three qualifications. So we do have set syllabuses to work to. But when I go into schools, I always say to my groups, this is your course, this is your school. And we contextualize every course to meet the group's needs. The one day course would be 600 pounds for six, there are up to 12 members of staff. Um, that might be expensive for some schools, but because it is a, an externally regulated qualification with an awarding body, it's all of those additional fees as well. But that includes all of the equipment um, and certificates that last for three years, plus the manuals. But what I bring is the added value. Um, so I always say to my, the schools that I work with, it's not a case of see you all in three years when your certificate needs to be renewed. I'm there. I always say I'm here for support. I kept in touch with all of my schools throughout COVID uh, with any updates, with any changes, with any help and advice. I did lots of free resources. I did free videos for parents to do at home. So it's that added value that that and that that you know that you've got somebody to call. Maybe teachers or staff might move schools. You know, lots of really added value that I try to bring. So I'm not, I'm not the cheapest. I'm not the most expensive. I would say it's, it's in the middle. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm approachable. Speak to me. I'll try and meet your budget if I can. If, if you feel it's too expensive, uh, the three day course that's thirteen hundred and fifty four. Um, Twelve members of staff. Uh, if you have any questions, if you'd like to discuss perhaps what your school requirements are, Act Fast First Aid Schools, and you can contact me through there.
Uh, my first book was uh, as a Duke of Edinburgh leader, um, and I teach Duke of Edinburgh, first aid to Duke of Edinburgh students across the country. And um, what I was finding was a bit hit and miss. So some schools would do a PowerPoint for an hour, other schools would be doing an, an eight hour course. And so I wanted, and, and as a parent as well, I wanted to know that these young people were actually going into the environment with the skills but also teachers, parents and leaders were confident that the, the young people had the skills. So my book, it's an interactive kind of activity book where they, 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 there's all the under, underpinning theory and knowledge in the book, but there's activities to complete, there's group work, there's differentiation, there's games, and there's a, a quiz at the end of every section that learners can fill in. And then that note that then tells us that it's evidence for the teacher and the leader that they've actually learned that those skills and knowledge. And it's also got practical cutout cards that are laminated that they can actually take with them on their expedition. Um, so that, that's um, and that's selling up to lots of schools. That's opened up lots of new schools for me this year, which has been great and, and I've loved working with them. And then my latest book is First Aid for University Students. Uh, I've got two daughters at university so we've had our fair share of um scrapes and things so it, it not only covers the first aid that university students need but it also looks at things like alcohol poisoning drugs pan first aid for panic attack it looks at that there's a section on mental health awareness so for example my daughter when she was at university she um, had a, a mental, you know, she diagnosed with a mental health condition. She didn't know what it was. She couldn't go on the computer because of how she was feeling. So this book, it's like a coffee table book that students can access and just with lots of awareness, especially when young people move away from home for the first time, they may go through certain things. They're not really sure what's happening to them. Um, as well as teaching staff teams, I've also created an app, it's called the Act Fast Challenge. So I work with primary students, secondary students, sixth formers, um, and I teach them first aid as well, and that works really well. So that, that's actually just won an, uh, won an award two years ago by Theo Pavitas from Dragon's Den. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster. It's great to have Al Kingsley back with us. The thing I would always say to parents is there are, there are dozens of free apps. If you search in the, in the Apple or Android store for augmented reality apps, they have age ratings against them, which is really important that allow children to go on a virtual tour of the of the jungles or to famous landmarks or if they're a bit older to museums and resources and they can really help engage the learning and put context around the things they're reading in books and their written skills. I think parents should also consider where we um, might perceive things as being a game, sometimes there's much more to it. So it wasn't a surprise a few years ago when Microsoft bought Minecraft, for example. Yeah. And people might think, well, Minecraft, as I remember, it's a place where the kids go and build virtual worlds out of cubes. What, where's the learning in that? Uh, and apart from the fact that it's enjoyable and it gets them being imaginative, and frankly, that's not a bad skill to, to, to nurture in our, in our younger learners. I think you've got to think again about actually, well, what's happening in that game? Well, they're learning about space and dimensions and capacity, uh, and they're learning about managing resources. And they actually got to have certain resources they've either got to go mine for or earn in order to get those resources to build something. So we've got some project planning going on in there, and we've got some financial mm. skills going on, and we've absolutely got mm. some design skills going on. And if we start thinking of it in that context, it actually kind of says, well, actually, we're reinforcing the things that we might be learning in a maths classroom or when they're a bit older in a business studies classroom. But they are all actually physical skills. And we often refer to it under the term of gamifying um, something, mm. which is where you take something 
serious grown up whatever and you and you learn by by play and to be honest we do it as adults as well often mm. we don't realize but mm. that's you know we all like to sit down and do a sudoku or or a, mm. even a candy crush you know mm. but we're actually using our brain in different ways to consider the problem in front of us so i would always say to parents you know i'd encourage that access to those kind of apps and resources with the common sense rules you know depending on the age of your child mm. you know apply the the, the mm. time limits and I'm, I'm not actually quite as black and white on the time limits as many um dave i often think it's um not about how much time on the tablets but how much time and what they're doing that's mm. important mm. but absolutely from a safety point of view you know open door when children are accessing technology when they're younger learners particularly and parents being aware of home content filters and so on if we think bigger picture in schools the reason why i said some things you can see and some things you can't um I'm also a big fan when it comes to the conversation about accessibility and equity for all. And some learners really struggle with taking the thing that's in their head and their speech and converting it to a keyboard, just putting it down as an idea. And if we think the, the pace of change, um, we have to think about whether the keyboard's perhaps um, destined to not be as important as we think it is. And people might say, well, well, Al, I don't know how else I'm going to get my, uh, my next novel written or my letter to my, my parents if I haven't got a keyboard. But think about it. You know, within most of our rooms now, if we say the Alexa or Siri word, somebody will chirp up and say, hey, how can I help you? And I'll speak to it and it will give me an answer. And we have to consider that within that, there's a, there's a platform, a technology that allows me to actually evidence what I know through speech, access information through speech. And if I'm accessing that information, all that information we speak actually becomes data, little packets that are flying around the network. But it actually provides the same kind of intelligence. So let's think bigger picture and ahead. Right now I might evidence how great you are on a subject, Dave, by taking some photos of your work. But wouldn't it be just as relevant if I was able to have evidence of Dave's talked about this topic and this topic 15 times in the last month? And it was on the project on the solar system and he managed to mention all of the planets whilst mm -hmm. he was talking about and researching and engaging. Isn't that just as good an evidence? Yeah. And so I think if we think about that and when we talk about things that are data and in the cloud, a topic that often comes along is artificial intelligence. That's a bit scary. Is it a mm. robot that's going to take <laughs> over the world? But actually, it's been really important the last uh, year for our learners that haven't been in the classroom. So AI, as its shortcut is, is really, really important. Because if I'm learning using a tool that's built on AI, it kind of asks me questions. And based on my responses, it says, you know what? I need to take a U-turn and go back and ask some different questions because Al's clearly not solid on a particular topic or it might be based on those questions which he's getting right all the time i'm going to stretch him now and introduce some new concepts and some new layers and it's that artificial intelligence that's building that pathway of what will i test or expose him to next in terms of knowledge and good news folks that's not to replace a teacher that's as well as that's what i can do to be proactive when i'm not in the classroom my homework and so on so i can build on the skills and knowledge that my teacher's doing and probably more importantly, that means my teacher might have a bit more time for things like my emotional well-being, my health, the excitement, the fun, the games, the activities and so on. Uh, and so there's, there's lots of strands where technology perhaps silently is starting to develop pathways that will help support learners in lots of different ways. Al, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for joining us today. Folks, we've come to the end of this launch pad, but don't worry, we'll be back on Monday with a brand new launch pad, five new launch pads every single day next week, Monday through till Friday. So join us again for another trip on the launch pad. Tune in again soon.
when Eddie's Launchpad will be waiting to take you and your children on another exciting learning journey to dream, believe and shine. Sadly, our Christmas episode has come to an end. Eddie, the Dogsthorpe Infant School well-being dog, wishes you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.